0: Good Morning, everyone. Um, the first part of our reading is from chapter, Genesis chapter 25, verses 19 to 34, and that can be found on page 26 in the Church Bible. This is Jacob and Azu. This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethel, the Yarmine from Padan Aram, and sister of Laban and Arim. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her And she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the elder will serve the younger. When the time came to her to give birth, they were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red and his whole body was like a hairy garment, so they named him Ezu. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Ezu's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. They, the boys grew up and Ezu became a skillful hunter a man of the open country while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste of wild game, loved Ezu, but Rebecca loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Ezu came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. This is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Ezu said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first, so that he swore on oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Ezu some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Ezu despised his birthright. And then for the second part of this part, um, it's chapter 26, verse 33 to 34, and that's found on page 28. That day, Isaac's servants came and told him about the well they had dug they said, We found water. He called it Sheba, and to this day the name of the town was been, was, has been BeSheba. When Ezu was 40 years old, he married Judas, daughter of B- Biri, his Hittite, and also Basmah, daughter of Elon, the Hittite. They were a source of grief to Isaac and Rebecca. The second chapter is chapter 27 on page 28 and that's verses 1 to 41. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for his elder son Ezu and said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat, so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Now, Rebecca was listening as Isaac spoke to his son, Ezu. When Ezu left for the open country to get to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son, Jacob, Look, I o- overheard your father say to your brother, Ezu, Bring me some game and prepare some tasty food to eat, so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice of young goats so that I can prepare some tasty food for your father, just the way he liked it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, but my brother Ezu is a hairy man while I have smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, my son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say, go and get that for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother and she prepared some tasty food just the way his father liked it then rebecca took the best clothes of it, her eldest son esau which uh, which said had in the house and put them on her younger son jacob she also covered his hands and his smooth part of his neck with the goat skin Then she handed her son Jacob the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father and said, "'My father.' "'Yes, my son,' he answered. "'Who is it?' Jacob said to his father, "'I am Ezu, your firstborn. "'I have done as you told me. "'Please sit up and eat some of my game "'so that you may give me your blessing.' Isaac asked his son, How did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord, your God, gave me success, he replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so, I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Ezu or not. Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Ezu. He did not recognise him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Ezu. So he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son, Ezu? he asked. I am, he replied. Then, he said, my son, bring me some of your game to eat. That I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to me, and he ate, and he brought some of the wine, and he drank it. Then his father said to him, Come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son. It's like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and people bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed. And those who bless you, be blessed. After Isaac finished blessing him, Jacob had scarcely left his brother's presence. His brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then said to him, My father, please sit up and eat some of my game, so that you may give me your blessing." His father asked him, "'Who are you?' "'I am your son,' he answered, "'your firstborn, Ezu." Isaac trembled violently and said, "'Who was it that hunted game and brought it to me? "'I ate it just before you came, and I blessed him, "'and indeed he will be blessed.' When Ezu heard his father's words, he burnt out with a loud and bitter cry, and said to his father, "'Bless me, me too, my father.' "'But,' he said, "'your brother came deceivingly and took your blessing.' "'As you said, isn't he rightly named Jacob?' "'This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. "'He took my birthright, and now he's taken my blessing.' Then he asked, Haven't you reserved any blessings for me? Isaac answered Ezu, I have made him lord over you, and have made all of his relatives his servants, and I have sustained him with grain and, re- and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Ezu said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me, too, my father. Then Ezu wept aloud. His father, Isaac, answered him, Your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by his sword, and you will serve your brother, and when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. Ezra held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob.
1: Excellent. Thank you very much, Claire. It's never a uh, easy reading such long passages but thank you um, very much uh, good morning everybody uh, my name's Ben uh, I'm the, the curate here at Bishop it's lovely to, to see you as Nick said on this gloriously wet day um, now I'm not a, a political commentator in any sort of way and indeed a sermon's not really a place for kind of uh, political manifestos but when you kind of look at Liz Truss and the decisions she made it's hard not to come to the conclusion that that she was the architect of her own downfall, that the decisions she made led to her having the, the shortest uh, sort of tenure of any prime minister. That uh, she was her own uh, worst enemy. But that I guess most of us know that feeling about being our own worst enemy. And um, when I was um, studying for my GCSEs, I got addicted to um, bargain hunt. It was the David Dixon days. Um, it, you know, I just had to watch it. I was just like, no, Mum, I can't revise. I've got to watch Bargain Hunt. Uh, you know, I, it, it's not a good way to go about revision. It's not even a good programme, really. But um, sorry if you like it. Um, but you, know, you, you just become your, your architect. And I, I guess also, uh, something else that I'm, uh, while I'm up here, I, I suppose it's worth saying, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I've got a, I can have a terrible, terrible, Case of um, of foot in mouth disease. Do you know the moments when you sort of you just say something, and you go, Poof! you're like, oh no, like why have I said that? It's just like, oh, <laughs> those moments when you say things, and, you, and the second they come out of your mouth, you're like. And it's usually to people that you love as well. It's usually to a, a spouse, a, a parent, a child, the, 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 you know, a close friend. They just sort of just slip out. Uh, the good days are when you realise that straight away. The bad days are when you don't. But, but that sense of just saying something that you just think, "Oh, why am I doing this to myself?" Um, uh, and then also though, in sort of Christian life, we. We have those moments of saying, "Well, look, now, now I'm going to, I'm going to do this, or, or I'm not going to do this." But, but then we find ourselves not doing that or, or doing that, and we, we we say, look Lord, I'm, I'm going to change, I'm going to be different," and we're not. Again, we the, the architect of, of our own downfall from that respect. We're our own worst enemy. We make ourselves a bit of a mess. Now, if that's how you feel, two things. One is you're not alone. Yeah, because the person up here is feeling the same thing. That that wishing and that, that is, oh, moments you just want to hide and just wish that no matter, you say, I'm not going to do that again, and you do. I have those all the time. I wish I didn't, but I do. But actually, secondly, it's also... Exactly, isn't it kind of the story of Jacob, those moments that they're just, you just can't help but feel that every single character in this story sort of loses. They're just the architects of their own downfall. So that in mind, uh, before we dive into the story, let's, um, let's pray together. Father, we, we thank you for your word, we thank you that it is real. Uh, we, we thank you that it, it, it helps us uh, to not imagine that, that you don't know what life is like. And Father, we pray this morning as we look at this beginning of the life of Jacob, uh, that you may help us to see you and to see your goodness and to see your sovereignty all the more through it. Oh, Amen. Now we've been looking at the, um, the life of J- uh, Abraham. Uh, we've been seeing how, how actually through Abraham, God's promise to, to turn the whole world upside down. Not, not kind of uh, turn it upside down, but really uh, turn it the, the right way up again. Uh, he, he's promised that, that he's going to make all of the, the sad things come untrue. Uh, he, he gave him those great promises, didn't he, to be a, a great people, a great place and a great blessing. Uh, he was going to do that through Abraham. So when we read chapter 25, verse eight, then Abraham bereaves his last, and he died. at a good old age, an old man full of years, and he was gathered to his people, suddenly we, well hang on. how are these promises going to happen? How, how is the law going to come good? They're in Abraham, and Abraham has died. Well, that's where we come to our story. Verse 19, chapter 25. This is the account of the family line of Abraham. Abraham's son, Isaac. See, the promises keep going because Abraham's family keeps going. And we've met Isaac before, haven't we? He's the, the son of the promise. You, you remember the story? Uh, God says, oh, you going to have a child. to so Sarah, Sarah laughed. Uh, and so that's why he's called Isaac. He's the son of the promise. Uh, and actually, Isaac's story is, is very similar to Abraham's. Verse twenty-one: Isaac prayed the Lord on behalf of his wife because she, she because she was childless. Isaac, just like his parents, is facing childlessness. Isaac knows, actually, what that feels like. He knows life's sorrows, life's hardships, and it is a, a real, real pain. That we must recognise. It's a pain which uh, there may be some here who feel. Uh, And Isaac knows exactly what that pain is like. Uh, But it's also a a pain in terms of uh, God's story. Uh, Because how then is God going to bring about this promise if we have uh, Abraham, uh, Isaac, and then nothing? How is that going to happen? Well, as, as a good husband... Isaac prayed for his wife, and just an aside, that's what a good husband should do, is to pray for their wife. And a wife should should pray for their husband. But but Isaac prays, and he prays for 20 years. 20 years he prays, and then the Lord does the impossible. He does the impossible, Uh, and he brings forth children to Rebecca. it's not because of Isaac's prayers, it's not because he prayed for 20 years, it's because actually, again, just a small glimpse, the Lord wants to say, it is about what I do, it is all of me. Uh, and he gives twins, and these twins are in uh, Rebecca's belly, and they're just jostling, uh, verse 23. Uh, so therefore they're jostling in the belly, and so that Rebecca inquires the Lord, and the Lord says this, verse 23, two nations are in your room, and two peoples from within you uh, will be separated. Uh, One people will be stronger than the other, and the elder will serve the younger. Uh, See, here's the headline that's going to kind of uh, be across the whole of the Jacob story. The older will serve the younger. Uh, The older will serve the younger. And and that's just completely uh, against the the normal path of things. Uh, Normally, uh, it would be the oldest one, the oldest child who would get the the blessing, who would be the lead Uh, who'd be the one who would carry forward the family name, who would carry forward uh, with the family business, as it were. But but here, the Lord's saying, no, the the order's going to be flipped. It's the older will serve the younger. Uh, And then the the boys are born. Uh, We have Esau, who's uh, just covered in hair, which is why he's called Esau, that's what it means. Uh, And he's kind of a a fighter, he's an out, you know, a, a hunter. Uh, and then there's Jacob, who's, uh, who's sort of smooth-skinned, who's content to be the tense. That's to say, he's sort of, he's cultured, he's refined. Uh, and there are these two boys that are, that are clearly sort of in, in different sort of personalities and types. And if, you know, if you're a sibling or if you've had short siblings, you probably know that, that they're going to be clashing. That's not necessarily a, a bad thing. When my brother and I were growing up, we used to have fights at the time. One would have a draft exclusive snake, the other would have the boxing gloves, and that's how we sorted it out. Um, but, but that sense of, you know, you're, it's just clashing together. But, but that's not all. It, it gets worse, actually. Look at verse 28. Verse 28. Isaac had a taste of wild game, loved Esau, but Rebecca loved Jacob. There's not just two boys sort of clashing. Actually, the whole family divided. Uh, there's Isaac on the side of, of Esau. You know, they're both loving the, the wild game. Uh, there's Rebecca on the side of Jacob. Uh, there's just a family which is being torn apart. You can see already, can't you? It's dysfunctional. And this is just setting the scene. This is just in our mind saying, this is what the build-up is. This is the introduction. So that when we get to verse 29, once the story's beginning. Once, once, verse twenty-nine. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau sees the stew, this lentil stew, and he just wants it. You know, if you were doing a comic, he'd probably go. You know, he'd paint Esau saying, "Oh, me stew wants." You know, it's just that sort of really sort of innate. He just sees and he wants it. And Jacob, who's cunning. Jacob's name means heel grabber. And heel grabber is kind of a a phrase that you might use to describe someone who deceives somebody, like over the moon. So heel grabber means deceiver. And here, Jacob has a cunning plan. He says, look, I'll give you some stew, that's fine. But um, you've just got to sell me your birthright." And it's almost this sort of uh, Kevin and Perry moment from Esau. He's like, oh, what good's a birthright to me if I'm going to die? It's like, he's not going to, is he? But he just has such little care for this birthright. And this birthright is this this special blessing that will be from God. Remember, uh, Abraham to Isaac to Esau? Uh, The the blessing of God going down. And he cares so little for it. it. It's a bit like He's got a a family pearl. There's a pearl of of great price uh, in the family and he goes, I care so little for it, I'm going to go to McDonald's and buy a value burger with it. There's this this amazing, amazing thing and he just goes and buys a quick meal for it. Uh, And so this whole picture is is meant to be dysfunctional we're meant to see that Jacob is being deceptive but we're also meant to see the disdain of Esau Uh, and the, the author really wants us to know that so in Old Testament narrative you don't usually get these comments but the very last sentence of chapter 25 the author says look just so you absolutely know what is happening he says so Esau despised his birthright Esau despised his birthright see this is why he's never going to get God's blessing he doesn't want his blessing that's why, he doesn't want it he doesn't want to be a part of God's family, he doesn't care for it he despises it Esau lacks the most important component faith He cares not one jot for it, and so then when we jump to the the end of chapter twenty six, and we see uh, the story or or the the comment rather about who he marries, it makes perfect sense. Do you remember uh, last week? Abraham told his servant, "Go and get a a wife for Isaac from my own people. Come back." here Isaac, uh, Esau rather just marries, just, he marries two women uh, Judith uh, and Be- Beshmath both from Hittites both who aren't of God's people and then again another little comment just again by the author to rub it in uh, very last sentence of chapter 26 they were a source of grief to Isaac and Rebecca. There's just brewing disharm, isn't there? There's this, uh, these brothers who are against each other. There's a family that's being torn apart. Uh, there's, there's Esau uh, who cares nothing for God and his, his promises. And so now we jump into the story in 27. Uh, and Isaac, again, it, it is going on in years. He can't see. He's relying on his other senses. But He knows exactly what the Lord has said. He knows the old will serve the younger. So what does he do? Does he call in Jacob? No, he calls out Esau. He calls his favourite in. He knows what the Lord has said, but he doesn't care. He calls in Esau for a blessing, and in fact, he does it in secret. He doesn't gather the family as he should and say, I'm going to bless the son. No, he calls the one he loves. He says, look, don't tell, almost, Jacob. Just come here, cook me my meals that I love, and I'll give you my blessing." It's just, uh, this is a family that's just not working as a family. There, there's secrecy amongst them, there's deception. Uh, they're not working as a family should, and in fact, they're definitely not working as a family should under God. Because they're not even listening to Him at any point. And then there's Rebecca, who, um, who, is, who hears this. Now, it, it, it's unlikely she's kind of got the glass to the door she's probably not doing some sort of secret spy mission Uh, these are tents after all and we've probably all had that experience of talking in tents and realising you can hear exactly what everyone is saying in the tent next door Um, so she hears what what is happening and she wants to make sure her favourite gets the blessing, Of course, she knows again, God's word, the older will serve the younger but she doesn't trust it she comes up with this cunning plan and again, remember Abraham any time anyone comes with a cunning plan to do the Lord's work for him, it always ends in failure. She creates this plan. She says, "Oh, you know, go and get the, get all the livestock. Bring it. I'll prepare it." Uh, and Jacob does have a few questions. It seems, verse twelve, uh, he says, um, "But what if my father touches me? I'd appear to be tricking him, and I'd bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing." He's like, I don't want that. I don't want God's curse on me. And his mother says, "My son, let the curse fall on me. Let the curse fall on me." She's just do what I say and go and go and get them for me. I mean, she, she'd rather be cursed by God. I mean, that's just staggering, isn't it? but then Jacob goes along quite happily with it and he lies. Verse 19 Jacob said to his father I am Esau no you're not you're lying. Uh, Verse 20 Isaac asked his son how did you find it so quickly my son? Oh the Lord your God gave me success no he didn't stop lying. Uh, Verse 24 are you really my son Esau? He asked I am he replied no you're not. He's happy to go on, to lie, to carry out this plan, to, to manipulate. And Isaac is duped. Uh, he, he blesses Jacob uh, with the blessing. And Jacob gets the blessing he wants. Which is a good thing to want, but just not in the way he's gone about. By the wrong means. And, and then we have this, this moment uh, verse thirty. After Isaac finished blessing him, and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, it's almost a comical moment of, sort of you know Jacob going out one door and then Isaac appearing through the same door just as they almost at the same moment. It's almost a bit of a farce. And then, oh, oh, Esau comes. He, he gives the meal, and then verse thirty. Two, he, he realises what's going on. He says, who are you? And so, I'm your son, Esau. And in verse 33, uh, Isaac trembled violently and said, but who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? Well, he knows who it was. Now, I, I ate it just before you came in and I blessed him. And actually, th- this is actually a moment, I think, a moment of faith for Isaac. And so this is the moment where actually he realises what's, Happening because uh, there was a sentence that I left off of verse 33. If you look again, the end of verse 33, he says, uh, "I ate it just before you came, and I blessed him, and indeed he will be blessed." See, this is why I, uh, later on uh, in Hebrews 11, verse 20, uh, the author of the Hebrews can say, "By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, blessed Jacob and Esau in regards to their future." In other words, by faith he, he blessed Jacob. First, It is at this moment that Isaac realises that actually what the Lord said is done and what the Lord said will happen. But of course Esau, Esau is is fuming. That's putting it lightly. He is incensed. He, He wants to despise his birthright, but now he cares for it. And so verse 41 he says once the days of my mourning for my father near, then I will kill my brother Jacob. He means that. That's not kind of a parent saying oh when I get my hands on you. He means it. He absolutely means it. And if we were to read the the next little bit, we see, therefore, that Jacob has to leave, has to run away. Uh, and so it, it comes about in this story, it just feels like every single character loses everything they do. Uh, Isaac has, has chucked torches into his family, tents, and just set things ablaze as he uh, picks favourites. He doesn't lead like he should. Uh, Rebecca uh, has to send her beloved son away, and she will never see him again. She'll never see him again. Uh, Esau is murderous. is rejecting God, rejecting his family. And Jacob, the manipulator, has to run away. I mean, there are, there are consequences to all of their actions. What they did has led to this. But yet, but yet, throughout it all, The invincible determination of the Lord to keep His word, to accomplish His promise, shines so brightly. Uh, Despite this dysfunctional family, despite the opposition of Isaac, despite Rebecca and Jacob's manipulation, uh, despite Esau's indifference, God will accomplish His purpose. He will do what He said. Uh, He will do in the life of this family, as we're going to see as we keep moving through the story. And if he will do so in the life of this family, he will do so in our lives as well. See, this story reminds us that despite our sins and our stupidities, and I have many, I have many, God's invincible determination to his word will be accomplished And we know that not simply uh, because as we we track this story, we see that exactly happen. Uh, We track through from from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, to Jacob's son, Judah. And then from Judah all the way down to Jesus. See, we know that because actually we can look back and know, we can look back to that green hill but we can look back and see with absolute certainty the Lord with invincible determination will carry out his words. And that's true for you and I today. So just as we draw to a close, what does this mean? Well, it means two things. It means that we must first listen to the warning. There is a warning. Sin has consequences. Our actions have consequences. It's an obvious thing to say, isn't it? And we all know that. But it does mean that we need to remember that. The words we say, the things we do, the thoughts we have, matter. They don't just matter to to you and I, to, to those who do it too, but they matter to God as well. Our sin has consequences. And the more we can remember that, the more it may encourage us not to do it. The more it may encourage us to walk in step uh, with our loving Father God. So there's a warning, but, but there's also an encouragement. And it's this. Yes, we may be our own worst enemy. Yes, there'll be times when we'll be unfaithful, but God cannot be anything other than faithful to his own. Un- Faithful children. That you will never reach the end of his tether. You will never be able to derail his purpose. You will never fall out of his love. God cannot be anything other than faithful to his faithful children. Because yes, life may sometimes feel like it is messy. Because the truth is, life is messy. We may try and pretend that it's not. We may try and pretend that we as individuals can fix our own problems. We may try and pretend uh, that we don't make mistakes or if the mistakes we do make are small and insignificant. But we know that's not true. Uh, We know that that's not true as we look at our own lives. There are moments when we put our foot in it and we put our foot in it big time. And we know it's not true when we look at the life of Jacob But God cannot be anything other than faithful to his unfaithful people. And the story of Jacob reminds us of that. Yes, sin does have consequences. Yes, there are actions for the things that we do. But sin does not have the last word. Jesus does. Jesus does. And so in our lives, in our mess, we can be honest about that. Uh, We can be uh, honest with each other. Because sin does not define us. Our mistakes do not define us. And we all have them. Jesus does. So if you're um, part of a small group, and it's probably the the best place to have those conversations, if you're not part of a small group, um, then come and speak to me. We'd love to help you find one. But if you're not, then why not this week just say, ask each other this question. Or a statement you say, this is how I'm feeling. This is how I'm feeling today. About the Lord. About myself. About life. About faith. And this is why I'm feeling it. This is the mistakes I've made. This is, this is what's really going on. Be honest with each other. Recognise the mess we live in. Because it's the mess the Bible recognises in the story of people like Jacob. But then also remember, God cannot be anything other than faithful to his unfaithful children. He will keep you. He loves you. He doesn't think less of you for talking about how you're feeling to other people. In fact, it opens it up. It opens ourselves up to know and appreciate and enjoy this good gospel more. So let's keep praying as we move through Jacob, as we see this story unfold, see the dysfunctional family and how it plays its part in God's blessing, not just to this family, but the whole world. And let's remember, actually, that same blessing comes to each of us as a free gift, because God cannot be anything other than faithful to his unfaithful children. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this story of Jacob. Thank you that it is real and honest. And Lord, we pray that you may help us to be real and honest with one another. Help us to to see, Lord, that, that our sins do not disqualify us from coming to you because of the Lord Jesus. Lord, help us to see that, to know that.